In the holy name of Jesus. The best love is a love that loves others the way that they need to be loved and not the way we wish to love them. Today, for the first time in the Gospels, Mary cries. Mary Magdalene is a wonderful figure. We're not told how she and Jesus first met or how he cast seven demons out of her. But she has been with him all along the way, that magnificent other way of wise men and wise women that we have all been tracing since Christmas. She has been with him since Galilee, and she is mentioned more than any other woman in the story of Jesus' last hours. You can imagine all she's seen. She was there at the crucifixion. She was there at the burial. And this morning, she is there at the tomb. But today is the first time she cries. This is the final indignity. This is the last straw. It wasn't enough to betray him to lie about him, to humiliate him, and to kill him. Now they've robbed his grave, and they've stolen his body. This is the nasty way that the world works. Strong as she is, today she breaks. Emotion wins. She is reduced to misery. She weeps, and she is completely wrong. She is completely wrong because she has lost her way, or better, she has lost Jesus' way. She has forgotten his face, his voice, his touch, how he moved through his short time with them, making wrongs right taking back his creation one day and person and sea and storm and demon and disciple at a time. She has forgotten his kindness, his teaching, and his hinting at a joy that lies beyond the cruelty. She has forgotten that this other way home actually ends in an other place, in the new Eden. It is not just about damaged emotions, as if any one of us could actually split our head from our hearts. She is, as the monks say, a victim of logismoi, a victim of her thoughts. She presumes, she neglects data, she is numbed by human nastiness, she is imprisoned by the way she interprets the world, she is blinded to external reality by her perceptions. So she is destitute today both in her heart and in her head, 
Darkness has a grip on her, both on her emotions and her thoughts. And these are both self-appealing, turned in upon herself. That was Luther's apt description of sin. And so the chin is down and she is crushed by fear, so dark as to be subhuman, really. And now, today, for the first time, she weeps. She stands in the garden with tears on her face, alone and unloved. The best love is a love that loves others the way they need to be loved, not the way we wish to love them. Mary's body, like yours, was created with seven layers of skin, one day, one for each day of Eden, I suppose. But right now, those seven layers aren't doing her much good. What she needs is an eighth layer. She needs to be loved by a love that wraps her up like her own skin. And then more, a love that joins itself to her and purifies and protects and strengthens and hopes and joys her. An eighth layer that sets her back on the way home to a new Eden. An eighth layer that resurrects her. Jesus, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? What do you want? Mary, if you're the one who did this, who carried him away, tell me and I will fix it up myself. I will take him with me dead. So long as she holds on to her own reality with her limited presuppositions about what has happened and about what can happen, so long as she clings to how she feels and what she thinks, so long as she is wrapped up in all of that, there is only darkness and despair. There is no external reality, and so there is no new possibility. There is no outside cure that is bigger and stronger than she is, and so there is no way for her to come free of the death of being subhuman. There is no way for her to be resurrected to life. But the best love is a love that loves others the way that they need to be loved and not the way we wish to love them. And so the same Jesus who spoke eight times in creation to order a swirling chaos, the same Jesus who put eight souls in Noah's ark and then hung his punishing bow in the clouds with a promise, the same Jesus who circumcised little baby boys on the eighth day and made them sons of the covenant, the same Jesus who today, on the eighth day, rises from the dead, the incarnate Jesus, the Jesus of resurrected flesh and blood, the Jesus who now rejoins us, that Jesus wraps himself around her with his eighth layer, joining himself to her as pure gospel, as pure forgiveness, 
as pure joy, as pure hope, as pure future, as cure, as life with a big L, as way that leads somewhere else. Jesus speaks, Mary. When Jesus names her, Jesus reawakens every good thing inside her. When Jesus names her, Mary. He gives himself to her. He wraps himself around her. He becomes her eighth layer. He once again takes her as his own. He restores her to humanity. He untwists her emotions. He unbends her thoughts. He lifts her chin up and out away from herself. He shows her an external reality that is everything. And in doing that, he gives her hope and gives her joy and gives her future and makes her merry on the way home again, loving her precisely the way that she needs to be loved. Mary speaks. Teacher. Suddenly in her there is a sign of life. Suddenly his voice, his way, draws her eyes up and out and away from herself, tugging her emotions and her thoughts away from the self-appealing darkness to light. Suddenly all he was and all he said and all he did and all he is and all he could be for an eternity comes flooding back with a word, a word that matters, an incarnate word, a living word, a naming word, a recreating word, a forgiving word, a rejoining word, an eight-layer word. The resurrected viva vox, the living voice of God in flesh, the living, the doing, the giving, the blessing, the hoping, the lighting, the joying, born of the Blessed Virgin with a word he dries her tears and her misery dissolves and once again she has a future. She is loved, wrapped up really in love made flesh. The best love is a love that loves others the way they need to be loved. Like Mary, this is how all of you need to be loved. You come again this Easter spit and polished, but many of you underneath are broken and miserable and teary and hopeless, blinded by your own perceptions and presuppositions and emotions and thoughts. You're dead, really. You're dead. And so am I. But this story is your story. And it is mine, too, on Easter. It is a gift. Like Mary, Jesus calls your name this morning. He calls your name at baptism, enlivening you in an eight-sided place and sending you out for an eight-sided life. Like Mary, he speaks a word to you that purifies you in absolution, ordering your chaos and recreating your world.
and lifting your chin away from yourself and restoring you heart and mind, emotion and thought. Like Mary, now he joins your, his flesh to yours at the Eucharist. He joins his flesh to yours, wrapping you up and loving you just the way you need to be loved today. He knows you better than you know yourself. And like Mary, if we could only reply with, Teacher. And from him learn once more to love and hope and joy. <coughs> well, it's Easter, and he's the viva vox, the living voice that matters. And on Easter, anything is possible. In the holy name of Jesus.